0: I have a feeling that if, if there had never been an England, we would have had to invent one. <laughs> uh, you want to hear now? This one. Uh, Mrs. Winifred Hardy told the bench in court she had bought a rum trifle at the shop. And while eating it in bed in the dark, she suddenly found a metal bolt and washer in her mouth. <laughs> a rum trifle. You ever had a rum trifle? Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't want to... Uh, speaking of, uh, of, uh, of sad stories, uh, Lady Thwackin' at Guy 3, by the way, uh, for those of you who are golfers and... Uh, have thought often about these t- this type of emergency, that uh, various golf clubs uh, should be considered uh, in the emergency function uh, thought. In short, uh, if you're going to strike someone smartly, uh, it's not wise to use a number two iron. Well, uh, any golfer can tell you why. I mean, the number nine iron is much more effective because it has a hell of a lot more sting, and I think you can get a little more of a cut out of a number nine iron. You know, you're <laughs> Well, this lady uh, very carefully selected the nine iron. She could have very well have used a, uh, a number two driver or possibly even a driver. She could have used a putter, but she used the number nine iron, which is the best iron for that sort of thing. It gives an awful whack. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, uh, speaking of sad stories, did you see the story on the United Press the other night? Oh, what a drag. What a sad story. Would you please give me sad story music? Here comes Sad story music man struggling his way through this world of tears. I mean, it's everywhere, man. It ain't only, you know, South Pittsburgh. It's everywhere, man. Moscow. Vladimir A. Zinchikov, an accounting clerk in the Moldavian town of Kishinev, woke up from a drinking spree in 1947 and found that he had lost 400 valuable ration cards that were entrusted to him by his boss. His wife, Natasha, advised him to hide, and he did. According to the newspaper Sovetskaya Moldova, he hid for 22 long years. Oh, Vladimir... We salute thee tonight in thy travail. O oh, Vladimir Zinchikov. Oh, Vladimir, O oh, sad accountant. O oh, man, as afraid of his boss as any guy who works at IBM. Oh, yes, in the workers' paradise. Twenty-two years he hid out from his boss. His wife, Natasha, told Zinchikov's co-workers that Vladimir had run away with another woman. The newspaper reported the frightened clerk stayed in a small room of his house and never stepped outside until Natasha died last week. Twenty-two long years. Then, just like out of crime and punishment. This is a short story right out of Pushkin, friends. It is. Listen. You haven't heard the end of it. It's right out of Pushkin. Last week... After Natasha had died, and after 22 long years in the closet, hiding from his boss because he lost the ration coupons, Lattimore went to the police station and turned himself in. And the police sergeant, contacting Central Headquarters, searched the records and told Lattimore... That the ration cards were found in his desk drawer under a box of paper clips the day after he vanished. Oh, Vladimir. Oh, Vladimir Zenchikov. Oh, lost and gone, Natasha. Oh, 22 years of travail. That's right out of Pushkin. It really is. Or possibly Turgenev. But actually Pushkin has a little more of that sense of of almost fanatical irony. The famous yes irony is right. I mean, the worst kind of iron. (laughs) It's iron that's so ironical that it's even rusty as you look at it. Oh, Vladimir, we weep tonight for thee. Oh, Vladimir. From this, the imperialistic capital, the imperialist capitalist warmongers, capital of the world, New York, we reach across to you in the great workers' paradise, afraid of your boss for 22 years. Oh, Vladimir. Oh, Natasha. Oh, boss. Let me weep for thee tonight. That was kind of nice, wasn't it? Uh, you know. Now, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm looking for. Listen. If you think the television is bad now, friends, if you think it's bad now, there is a little straw in the wind that I am going to bring out so that you can be prepared for it. West Greenwich, Rhode Island, a New Jersey inventor, naturally from Jersey, a New Jersey inventor said he has solved the problem of three dimensions in optics, paving the way for 3D TV, possibly within a year. That's a sickening thought. Not only do you have to watch Lucy in the old black and white, then they, yeah, oh, it's terrible. I mean, what, what, what makes us believe that if you can see a thing in three dimensions, it's going to get better? A turkey is a turkey. <laughs> I don't care whether it comes out in 3D or not. And by the way, speaking of, uh, of turkeys, did you see that great cartoon in The New Yorker? Did you see that cartoon? Uh, it shows a turkey. You know, there's uh, always there's a whole spate of turkey cartoons that come out around the Thanksgiving time, scene, and it shows this, this pen with a bunch of turkeys standing around. And one turkey is laying flat on the ground. He's just passed out. So he just he's, he's fainted or something. He's just there. his eyes are two crosses. And the other turkey is looking at him, and he's telling a third turkey, he says, well, he just heard about stuffing. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I've got something very special for you here tonight. Now I want you to listen very carefully. I want you to listen very carefully. I have received this in the mail, and uh, and I think it's a, uh, it's uh, I think it's very important. You've heard me talk from time to time about magic words. You know, magic words. Yeah, there are certain words. No, no, a, a magic word is not the, uh, sh- you know, Alakazam or anything like that. A magic word is a word which magically turns people out. has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, just a, Now, I'll give you an example. The word young is a magic word today. Even to the point where you can get the young tires. Have you seen the commercials for young tires? What the hell is a young tire? Well, a young tire. You can get young cars, the young mobile. Nothing is sadder than to see a young mobile in the weeds or by the Jersey Turnpike on fire with the back end all rusted out. But nevertheless, it is a young mobile. And the, the word young is one of the magic words of today. Involvement, that's another one. Soul, that's a magic word. Now, I, I'm expecting today, very shortly, when you can buy soul soup, when you'll be able to uh, have a soul burger, and there will be a soul mobile out. And uh, it's, it's a magic word. It has no meaning, but it's magic. Now, uh... Now maybe you have felt left out because you can't use these words, and oh uh, well, yes, you can be you can be completely. Where's my oh yes, where's my New Yorker? Um, uh, there, you don't have it. Okay, but uh, I, I brought a New Yorker and somebody took it. It's already gone. But uh, that New Yorker, uh, there's a cartoon in the New Yorker it shows these, this this group of students saying they're standing in front of the Dean, apparently. And I will paraphrase because I don't have the cartoon here, but this is a... Uh... Dean, we are here to attempt to bring about a uh, re-evaluation of the technique of individual and uh, total commitment to the principle of uh, involving oneself with the major issues that have a convoluted sense of our time. And we want it now. Okay. Well, now... <laughs> the Dean is looking... <laughs> Well, now, you see, all meaningless things in the past have been couched in great phraseology. You know who knew this? As a comic, W.C. Fields, that one of his bits in his character, of course, he always played a charlatan. He was always a guy who was, who was faking his way through life. And so he faked his way through life by having these fantastic words that he would snow people with. He would say, I'm existence is a gullamufrae. Well, (laughs) that was enough, you know, that made him sound like a very learned man to the yokels and the rubes of his day. So he would walk up and say, ah, you wish to attend our little soiree of majestic talents drawn from all the four corners of the continent of Europe, and which include feats of prestidigitation the likes of which mortal man has rarely observed? That means you want to go in and see the show? Well, so, so this is impressive. It's always been. And have you noticed how many of the, the uh, student groups and uh, anybody who's trying to, uh, to, to snow somebody uses great phraseology, which says, we wish a more meaningful dialogue to ensue between various disparate, confrontative individuals of this organization. And we wish that they be resolved in a meaningful, totally uh, self-sufficient, and completely... Uh, non-destructive method. That means we want to have an argument, but we don't want no fistfights. Now, see, you can't walk in and honestly say what you want. You're allowed to get thrown out on your, you know what? So you have to, you have to mask it with the, with the great, flowery words that sound so official. Uh, meaningful dialogue translated means you listen to me talk and then get on the stick and do it. Now, I've never known anybody say meaningful dialogue and refer to listening to the other guy. Meaningful dialogue means after the after the arguments we get our way. Now, a non-meaningful dialogue is after the argument when the guy still says, "I don't believe you." <laughs> that's not meaningful, <laughs> and that's so. So you see, words soften a lot of things, and you'll find people will seriously print a speech by a guy as long as the words have a nice comforting sound. And the meaning is obscure. So uh, a student leader will say, all we sought, all we sought was meaningful dialogue. If possible, a meaningful confrontation with human values, of course, always being preserved. Well, now, what in the hell does that mean? That means a meaningful dialogue and a meaningful confrontation means... The word meaningful means... The only, word, the only kind of confrontation that has any meaning is if, if I get my way. You see... So what it says? All we sought was to have an argument and throw them guys out, you know. <laughs> and then they they fought. What they, you know, what is this? And they insisted on continuing to believe in their side. That's ridiculous. When well, we all know that our side is meaningful. Well, would you like to? Would you like to get into the swing of that? Now here. Well, now wait. Listen to this. This is a great thing that was sent to me, and I'm going to use it right now. It says, "Shepherd, you were talking about." Magic words on your show the other night. And he said, here is a thing which was cut out of wool sack, the newspaper of the University of San Diego Law School of California. Just keep up the great work, Shepard. Uh, here's 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 what they've got now. Now listen carefully to this. He sent this thing to me. How to win at wordsmanship. After 25 years of hacking through etymological thickets at the U.S. Public Health Service, a 63-year-old official named Philip Broughton hit upon a surefire method for converting frustration into fulfillment, jargon-wise. Euphemistically, (laughs) called the Systematic Buzz Phase Project, (laughs) Bouton's system employs a lexicon of 30 carefully chosen buzzwords. Uh, That's his phrase for magic words. They're buzzwords. They ring little buzzers in your mind. And it's great. Listen to this. There are three Separate lists, and there, there there are ten words in each list, and the three lists run parallel down the page. And underneath it, it says the procedure is simple. Think of any three-digit number. All right, a three-digit number, right? Then select the corresponding buzzword from each column. For example, number 257, just pick out any three-digit word, like 128, See. Number three, number 257 at random produces systematized logistical projection, a phrase that can be dropped into virtually any report with a fantastic ring of authenticity and decisive, knowledgeable authority. No one will have the remotest idea of what you're talking about, says Broughton, but the important thing is that they're not going to admit it and will then act on what junk that you want them to do. All right, now, now just pick a number. Any, any number, Lee. from Two, one, five. Two, one, five. Well, you have just picked systematized organizational concept. <laughs> Isn't that great? Or right, now pick another number, Lee. One, one, one. Integrated management options. Now, how could you deal with anything? Well, right, now, wait a minute. Here was one. Let's see now. There's six... Nine, three, six, nine, three. Optional policy mobility. Optional policy mobility. Oh, that's great! Now, (laughs) right give me a little of that profound music, and then you pick some numbers, Lee. All right, come on, quick. Two. You keep picking two, two, one, three. All right, two, one, three. Systematized organizational. Mobility. Come on, you keep picking the same numbers. Not get no no more twos. We kill two. You keep starting with two. All right. Three, one, three. Three, one, three. That sounds good. Listen to three one three. Boy, drop this into a discussion someday. Parallel management mobility. Oh, go on. that. Drop down into the fives and the eights and that. You keep sticking with one and two. Yeah, but you've got five fingers, honey, not just one and two. Let's go to him. He's better at it. All right. Nine. That's good. Three. Five. Nine, three, five. All right. Listen to this one now. Balanced. Reciprocal concept. Oh, that's beautiful. Try another one. They all work. All right. Seven. Eight. Eight. One, seven, eight, one, synchronized, oh, this is a groovy one, listen to this one, synchronized third generation options, <laughs> oh, that's great, all right, how about this one, friends, total transitional hardware, I'm just picking up at random here. All right, four. That's the first four we've got. Four, two, four, four, two, four. Four, two, four. That's very good. Listen to this one. Functional, monitored programming. <laughs> five, five, one. Five, five, one. That one comes up. Responsive, logistical flexibility. <laughs> These are. Now, 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 the point is... Now, listen to this. Now, friends, the point is these are picked at random. It's, it's. This is just a, a random choice. And you notice that they all sound very logical. Very logical. Now, if you'll pick another one, Lee, please, I'll show you what I mean. This is random. She has never seen this before. Now, don't start with five again. You just use five. All right. No, don't start with four again. Why don't you try six once? All right. Six. Uh, uh, by the way, have you know... Are you aware that psychologists will point out that people, if given the choice of one to ten, will invari- almost invariably pick certain numbers over and over and over again? If you say, "Think of a number," they'll say three, and then you say, "Yeah, three. That's right, 3 They'll always say three, uh, or they'll say uh, quite often they'll say five. They rarely pick six. That's why I said six. All right, now pick pick uh, three numbers at randomly. All right, six, four. Three. All All right, 643. You want to hear what 643 comes out? Listen to this, man. Optional digital mobility. Now, I think that makes uh, sense. Optional digital mobility. You can write that down there. What we are seeking is optional digital mobility. And, this... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and they say, oh, man, that's that. there's a there's an office that knows what it's talking about. So reset that again now, and we'll try another one. You just pick another one here, right? All right. Seven, four. You keep picking four. All right. Seven, seven. All right. Yeah, you pick two sevens in a row. One. Seven, seven, one. That's very good. Synchronized incremental options. This office is a strong believer in synchronized incremental options. And we will defend that concept. In our new integrated management Capability systems. I'm picking. You want me to write a letter now in this system? Dear sir, your. Your. All right, I'll start right out from the top. You want to hear my letter? All right. Dear sir, and this, this is an outfit called Options Inc., okay? Dear sir, your inquiry about our new integrated management option system is compatible with our digital programming concept. <laughs> However, in the balanced policy hardware projection, we find that the parallel reciprocal mobility shown by your organization is lacking in functional policy options. Please reply at your earliest convenience. Now, how's that for a letter, man? Now, I've just pulled these out of the hat. <laughs> oh, you know what we ought to do? I'll tell you what we ought to do. I don't know how, how I can go about doing this, but it would be great if, because uh, this is very impressive. And you know, this everybody's laughing at this, I'm sure, but. The real meaning of this, and I hate to explain any kind of a satire that you're involved with, but the real meaning of of this, is that this is exactly the kind of stuff that is being used in discussions by people like, uh, oh, I don't want to name names, but you know, you always hear people appearing on David Susskind's show, and they're usually overly educated and underly intelligent uh, members of various protesting groups of one kind or another. And they will use these words they learned in sociology, or they heard a word one time that that, that stuck in their mind from some uh, class that they took in statistics. And so uh, you'll hear this little kid. He says, uh, "Well, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Susskind, the uh, uh, the uh, synchronized management options that are available to uh, we of our committee are just not uh, functional digital concepts." Yeah. Dave says, "Well, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> makes sense to this corner. Yes, of course." And uh, and so these these things, uh, that words like uh, uh, buzzwords. I would include such things as uh, "meaningful" as a bu- buzzword. Uh, confrontation is a buzzword. Uh, words like uh, yeah, these are you can you can. Uh, uh, Yes, you can. You can. You can throw them in, in various. Uh, uh, for example, uh, another buzzword that you find in a lot of these discussions is uh, is uh, peoples. That's a buzzword. So you can. You can. Uh, and these words are all continually reversible. So you can say uh, uh, meaningful peoples confrontation, or try it the other way: a uh, confrontation peoples meaningful. <laughs> But uh, nevertheless, though, these words are all very, uh, very, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very, very slippery. And very, uh, this is what George Orwell meant by beclouding the language when he talked about newspeak. Now, now, do you want to, just just for kicks, do you want to pick out a couple more and see how it works? Just, all right, just, just uh, think of some numbers, Lee. All right, six. <laughs> She's going to pick six all the time. Six. All right, now, six, seven, two. Six, seven, two. Uh, optional, incremental capability. You notice you keep running over... I notice you keep running over the same... in the same sequence. Now, here are a lot of ones you have not t- uh, chosen. For example, if you started out with uh, eight now, with that, you have never chosen. Eight. Uh, here's a good one. Eight, uh, five, six. Now, there's a nice collection. Listen to this one. Eight, five, six compatible logistical time phase. Now, how's that one, boy? Time phase, and it's a hyphenated word. People are always impressed by hyphenated words. Now, if you'll pick out another, how about you? Pick out one. Let's see what you're doing here. All right, he's got nine, three, that's a good one. Nine, three, nine. Nine. Nine, three, eight. All right. How does nine, three, eight come on? Balanced reciprocal hardware. Balanced reciprocal hardware. Oh, that sounds good. Sure. Well, here's the way that's used. You say, uh, unfortunately, the the situation here, J.B., is one of balanced reciprocal hardware that we feel... (laughs) You see, it could be almost anything. Uh, we feel, however, this situation will be corrected as soon as the integrated management options are fully exercised. I'll pick one out of there. Uh, in addition to that, the uh, functional digital concept, which, as you know, we stand for in our department, and in conclusion, I will say that the new balanced organizational flexibility is highly gratifying to this department. Uh, These are are all all just chosen at random. I'm just picking them out. Uh, Now, here, I'll show you another letter you can write. Dear sir, the total monitored capability of your concern is of extreme interest to us here in this department. As you know, our responsive digital concept, which we have been pursuing, is parallel to your functional monitored capability. We find this highly significant. So, hence, the total organizational flexibility that we are searching will eventually be a product of the synchronized transitional time phase which we anticipate. Thank you. Soon they will use three numbers only. Yeah, that's all you need. And I think, I think what you ought to do, uh, it would be great to, to, to write, uh, <laughs> to see how far you get, to, to write a letter like this, to take out out of this uh, out of these lists, you see, write a letter to some very official organization and see what kind of an answer you get back. Like uh, let's uh, let's take uh, to uh, let's say to the phone company. Uh, you know, you write to the phone company and you you get some official letterhead of some kind. You know, it's so very official. So uh, and, and you can invent letterhead. I think uh, one of the things is the new catchphrase, the catch-all. Uh, company, You know, remember in the old days when they used to call it the uh, Cincinnati Worm Gear Company? All right. Oh, yeah, but you see, it said exactly what the company did. Or uh, uh, the, uh, oh, uh, let's say the uh, International Soap Concern had names like that. Or General Motors. They made cars, you see. But now the new companies, they have names like uh, Options, Inc., uh, <laughs> which means they can jump in any direction. That means those guys could be on a quick flight to Argentina. <laughs> Rip, that's one of their options. Now uh, uh, there are other, <laughs> there are other. Yeah, they have names like uh, like. Uh, oh yes, like you have to pick names that, that they have. Like uh, Con- contingency concerns corporation. That's a groovy name. See, I'm I'm inventing corporations now by taking these words because the, buzzwords are great for names. You say very much so. Here, for example, how about this one? Mobility concepts. How's that? That's an outfit that moves you. That's a moving company. See. <laughs> now, uh, how about this one? Now, uh, here's one for you. This is another, uh, another good word. Uh, uh, how about this one? Systematic programming. That sounds very good. Now, what the hell does it describe? Nothing. But it's a great phrase. How about this one? And they all sound, I bet you listening out there, you think you know what they mean. They all sound very, very, uh, how about this one now? Uh, mm, how about this? Oh, all right. Synchronized hardware concepts. That's very good. All right. Then you don't like that one? How about this one? Uh, time phase options, Inc. That's not bad. Uh, here's a goodie. Uh, how about uh, Total Flexibility Inc.? Now that sounds like a very exciting bunch. You know, it's run by guys who wear leather puttees and fly biplanes. You see, and they—they're uh, always investigating the jungle. Here's one for you. Integrated Management Limited. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know. Uh, yeah, you, know, you could. Uh, that, that's uh, integrated is a very good word these days, especially with liberals. How about this one? Uh, oh, this is a goodie. Contingency Systems, Inc. And you just call yourself CSI. Oh, that's great. You know, CSI and you have the stainless steel CSI. And they say, who is that? Oh, that's Contingency Systems. Oh, that's a dynamic crowd. And that, by the way, that's one of the buzzwords too. How about uh, Total Dynamism, Inc? Not bad. Although I kind of prefer limited myself. Uh, how about this one? Uh, digital Options. Well, no, that's an outfit, you know. That's a very, very serious out- outfit. Uh, how about this one? Uh, organizational Contingency, Inc. No, that, uh, that's a little too... That's a little too tough. Well, how about this one? Uh, this is kind of nice. Oh yeah! How about this one? Policy Concepts. Policy Concepts Limited. Oh boy, that's (laughs) that's better than Potterton Productions, you know, something like that. (laughs) Bring it up large. (laughs) Oh yeah. I hope that our meaningful dialogue tonight has proven to be uh, functionally satisfying. Uh, That is, parallel-wise. got fired from the Lawrence Welk show? Did you hear about that? She didn't show up? No, I'm serious. Uh, her name is Natalie Nevins. Now, I'll be perfectly frank, I'm not a uh, Lawrence Welk fan, but the Natalie Nevins was bounced off the show. And, uh, you know, he says, a one, uh, two, uh, you are out. Uh. And uh, she was. Kicked her right out. And, of course, she flipped. And uh, we're going to quote her now. I like this little... This is a talk about a moment of uh, sheer terror... See, she's been boomed. She's been bounced out. She says, when I tried to take Mister Welk some blueberry muffins I had baked for him in an attempt to get my job back, about eight armed guards came out to stop me. A <laughs> uh, one, a uh, uh, two, a uh, uh, go and get her, and uh, one. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that's that's a okay, uh, fellows, friends, fellow victims out there, male types. Can you imagine getting kicked out of your job? I mean, you're fired, see? And so you go home in a pet, and uh, you sit around in your house, and old Bullard, you know, who fired you, CG, he's uh, he's sitting in his office, you know. Well, the thing that CG is so famous about, I mean, I I suppose all of you know that uh, Mr. Bullard, who is the ultimate and uh, quintessential boss, he's the top boss of all time. Mr. Bullard is famous for pulling his own teeth. And... uh, so, so old C.G. is sitting behind his giant Danish walnut desk, you know, with the with the lion's feet for claws and all that. He's sitting there, and he throws you out. He says, uh, he says, uh, Fred, we believe that we do not have we do not have a, an organization here that gives you scope enough for your potentialities. Meaning, this ain't a bookie office. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not a bookie here, and we don't have time here while you're running in and out all afternoon pretending you're going down to the chock full of nuts, and what you're doing is laying bets on what's happening at Belmont. Now, Fred, uh, uh, you drop by down at the uh, personnel department, and they'll give you your check. We're giving you three days' uh, advance pay. And, uh, of course, you realize that uh, you weren't here long enough to earn a va- vacation and uh, get out of here. And so you go home. Can you imagine baking a pan of fudge? To come back and say, Mr. Bullard, (laughs) no wonder eight armed guards came out after her. Would you please? A one, a two, a one, one, a two, a one, a two. Tonight we're going to salute Lawrence Welk and his uh, labor methods. Which horses in midstream now? Watch this. I pick up another juicer. I know that there's offense all you nice old folks out there, but I sure enjoy it. I mean, after all, what's life about? Now, uh, would you? Uh, I'll tell you this. What what do you got on that thing? You got the Oriental Strut. That was what we were just listening to. Do uh, you have uh, on that side? Is uh, <laughs> I just feel like playing a little bit here. Uh, how about how about taking me out the uh, Sons of the Whiskey Rebellion there, please, if you will. Have you ever wondered what these ads are about? Have you ever seen these ads with a guy looking out of the ad at you in the back of a pulp magazine, and he says, Why do you want $3,500? And above it says, in a little balloon, it says, I will give $3,500 cash to some person who answers my announcement. You may be the one to get it. But before I give it to anyone, I would like to know how wisely this money will be spent. Quote, why do you want $3,500? Tell me in 20 words or less, and you, and that's a great big you, you will be qualified for the opportunity to win this big fortune. Signed, Tom Wood. And and, and at no point do they tell you why. There's a whole full-page ad that says, cash, I'll pay $250 just for the winning answer. Have you all the things you want in life, a motor car, a beautiful home, fine clothes, money for a vacation or an enjoyable trip, to start a business for yourself, to give yourself or someone a higher education, or for a safe investment for a rainy day or old age, why do you want three thousand five hundred dollars? It is a fortune, right? This very minute, it will suggest much to you. What could you do? All you got to do is write to this guy, and tell him why you want dough, and he'll send it to you. He doesn't say what else he'll send. <laughs> I don't know. Listen to this ad here. This is a great ad here you know that in those days, when this magazine was published, you could get a blank cartridge pistol for $1? No, $1. $1. And uh, here you can get a... Uh, it says, be a big entertainer. Make it big on the radio. 180 jokes and riddles. I kind of like that. Gee, that sounds good. Fifteen cents. It says, guaranteed. Absolute satisfaction guaranteed. Also, the name of seven good agents will be sent to you if you write within the next 20 minutes. How about this one? Learn how to hypnotize beauties in your spare time. Oh, that's terrible. Hypnotize beauties in your spare time. Oh, you know, here you are. You're sitting in your, uh, you know, your 1932 Willys Durant, and uh, you look at her, and she she looks at you, and you say, Look into my eyes, my proud beauty. And she looks into your eyes, see? You say, Oh, la Kazam, oh, you will do my bidding. You now imagine you are fantastically in love with me, and you were willing to give me anything. And then she's swatching the mouth. Bum, bum. Of course, you get your money back. Satisfaction, I guarantee Now, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, yeah. what's this one. It says... I, I've seen these ads. I remember when I was a kid, I used to read these ads all the time. See, there's. A, it shows this guy kissing his chick. It's a big, full-page, serious ad. And above it, it says, Know the amazing truth about sex. The amazing truth. Holy smokes. The forbidden secrets of sex are daringly revealed. You must be over 21 to get this book, which daringly reveals the secrets of sex. More than 100 vivid pictures. Whoo, boy, oh, boy. Has it ever occurred to you that there's large numbers of people in this world who believe that sex is a spectator sport? <laughs> had nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, warriors, I like, kind of like this one. shows a guy with a gigantic muscle, and he is bulging. What a muscle! His muscle, I'll tell you. He's got arms that look like his arms are filled with inflated basketballs, tremendous muscles, and he is breaking a chain. Have you ever seen that, that? Where he's busting a chain with his biceps. He has he has made his muscles so hard that a giant chain, it's got a links about eight inches across, he's breaking a chain, see? And it says, I will add two inches to your biceps, or it will not cost one cent. Oh, listen, I bet there's 5,000 guys out there right now listening to me who wrote for one of those catalogs, you know, the, the one that says, uh, in just seven days, I will prove to you that you can be a new man. Has that bully at the beach been kicking sand in your face? And then there's a little comic strip that shows uh, George L. was a 27-pound weakling. And you see him standing your foot in front of the mirror, and he's got pimples. 27-pound weakling And George L was constantly at the mercy of the bullies at the beach. And it shows him sitting on this blanket. He's got little skinny knees and knobs all over, you know. And you see this big bully. He's got wavy hair. And he's kicking sand in this guy's face. And he's saying to George's girl, come on, baby. And what a girl. It's like Sophia Leroy. Come on, baby. And in the last picture, you see this villain, you know, with gigantic muscles. And George is sitting there and tears are coming down. And then underneath it, it says, And then George discovered our seven-day course in a magazine just like the one you are reading. And you see George sitting there, and he's saying, By George. He always used to say, it. that's why they called him George, see? He says, "Hi, George, I'll send for this. And it shows the mailman arriving, a big grin. You know, they always show the big grin on the mailman. He says, George, your course has arrived. And George says, Great Scott, just in time for the prom. And uh, the next scene, you see George, and he's looking in front of the mirror, and he's got this spring, you know, with the handles on it. And he's doing something with the spring, see? And he's standing in front of the mirror, and you see already, it says five minutes later, already you can see gigantic muscles, look like, he, you know, he's, like he's got tennis balls in his back, and you know, tremendous muscle, and it says, sometime later, seven days, George absolutely proved to himself that he could be a new man, and it says, sometime later, and you see this gigantic monster sitting on the beach, oh, he's got shoulders, he, I mean, he looks like uh, Emerson Boozer, you know, tremendous muscles. And you see the same guy with the curly hair. You know, he's, he's approaching, and he's saying, get off that blanket, you skinny weakling. And the George kicks in his face. And the next thing you know, you see him hitting this guy, and this guy's falling over backwards. What happened to George? Oh, and you see, you know, his eyeball is hanging out. George is beating him. And underneath it, it says, yes, you can be the guy to kick sand in another guy's face. Just seven days. Well, I wonder how many guys out there tonight send in a coupon. I mean, when you were 26 pound weakling and had acne, you even had acne on your kneecaps. I mean, (laughs) that's a great thought. (laughs) uh, I wonder how many guys are listening tonight who send in for this thing. See, and the second day they got it, you know, they get this big spring with with hands on it, and they're standing in front of the mirror. (coughs) They're trying to get this thing working. See. All of a sudden, way down inside, he's going... Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, something went. <laughs> and now for 42 years, you're known as old hernia dump. Gee, what I have to do to earn a living? It's sickening. If my mother knew what I was doing... And by the way, uh, I often felt that uh, we're all going to have something to answer for one of these days... Do you see that cartoon in the New Yorker a couple of, s- couple of weeks back? Shows this guy in heaven, and uh, he's talking to another guy in heaven. They got these big wings, and they got a couple of you know harps. And one says, "Well, I'll tell you. You know what I think tipped the scales is uh, when I uh, when I started to boycott grapes." <laughs> I'm sorry. He's <laughs> Making bad noises here. rah, rah, rah! 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 la ta la ta